Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Supercar Edge for round three, the round three review. Incredible scenes as we saw the second coming of Stewart as he arose from the ashes like Lazarus to pump out an insane 167, leaving former owners heartbroken, like yourself, unfortunately, along with prospective buyers hoping he'd put in a stinker and drop in cash. I'm pretty sure I saw him turn uh, water into wine as well there. Interesting. <laughs> uh, speaking of rising from the ashes, the man affectionately known as Ho-da-do held it firmly shut as I tried desperately to punt him through it, as as you did, I think, as well, Liam. And I am glad he didn't budge mm. as he scored a welcome 132 and us owners rejoiced at a respectable score for once. And it wouldn't be a round of Supercoach in 2023 without there being yet another key injury, this time to Darcy Cameron, who 16% of the competition unfortunately traded in. And then there was LDU, who sustained a calf strain in the warm-up minutes before the game, and the Supercoach app and site crashed for those that tried to make a change. Absolutely brutal. Oh, and we also had our first set of price changes, all that and more to discuss as I welcome in Liam. How goes it? Yeah. Great, great. It was a great round of super coach, wasn't it? Absolute, <laughs> absolute scenes with uh, Darcy Cameron going down after everyone nice. traded him in, and then LDU. Don't don't get me started. Oh, we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah, we'll but touch on we that. also forgot about Constable. He got dropped, and mm. uh, we we, did, we spoke about this in the preseason last week. Um, uh, so many times, you know, we knew that Weller and Powell both obviously weren't playing. They're both best 22 constable probably sits a little bit behind them. He's probably the next in line after, you know, if one of those two get injured, he'll be back in the side, but he is, he was expendable, um, which is what we saw. So unfortunately for owners, myself included, he uh, made way, but uh, handy loophole option this week. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it is true because uh, Wilmot, a lot of people have Wilmot on the bench. Yeah. So it means that it, obviously he's playing first up against the pies uh, on Thursday and yeah, you'll be able to screen his score, as we always say. So if he scores well enough, just leave Constable on field and you get to loop his score in, uh, mm. which we saw also on the weekend when it came to um, Baker, who mm. played first up and scored, was it 90-odd, 94, 94, 95. Or 95. Like yeah. yeah, incredible. So that actually worked out well for those of us who have Hopper. And it actually was a bit of a silver lining for yourself as well, mm. wasn't it, in terms of uh, LDU being out? Because yeah. you did need a loophole. I did need him. Yes, I did need him. <laughs> I needed to get him in, and that's what that's what LDU provided. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but uh, let's let's get in before we get into the episode. We'll uh, touch on out where you can find us on socials and uh, on Twitter. You can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. David at damage j eighty eight. Myself at, at leave evans underscore ninety five. Follow follow Twitter for socials. Follow us on Twitter for the latest news, post match supercoach scores, and of course the odd meme or two. 
um, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. But also, have a look over us on, if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, jump across to YouTube, like, subscribe, and uh, take in the full effect of uh, the full visuals. Full visual, yeah. yeah. Just all the senses, all the senses. That's it for the uh, the mind, body, spirit, mm. the ears, the eyes, the orifices, whatever you want to you <laughs> say. Uh, hopefully you're not watching us like that. But must also give a big shout out to, we have another legend that's come on board oh. by the name of Brooke Brooks, who has jumped on as our latest Patreon supporter on the bandwagon virtually, like the absolute legend and superstar that he is. So as we say... It shows that uh, yourself and I, Liam, we aren't simply broadcasting to dead air and they're not only viewers and listeners, but supportive ones at that. So thank you so much for your support there, Brooke Brooks. Yes, always appreciated. And if you too, if you're listening in, if you're watching us creepily, um, hopefully on YouTube and not through our windows, uh, you too would like to elevate yourself into legend status like Brooke. Is that someone behind you there, Liam? Oh, the curtain's down. Well, you can do just that by supporting us on Patreon via the link in the description below this YouTube video. And uh, if you're listening to us on uh, podcast, we'll we'll whack that link down in the uh, podcast link as well. But I think it's a little bit hard. It's kind of if you're on your mobile, you can't click links on Spotify, Apple iTunes. It's really weird. But anyway, um, any support you can provide us is always appreciated. So thank you so much for that. Yes. Now, price changes have taken effect and let's get into the episode so we've got a couple more targets on the horizon to pinpoint but before we do that let's uh let's kick off with uh the usual highlights and lowlights from the round in the good the bad and the ugly Yes, for those new to our show, and there's a bit of a visual prop here again. So this is part of the reason why you should tune into our YouTube. Don't tell, don't tell the podcast people what what it is. Yeah, them, it's a bit of a visual come prop. So if, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to see what it is, you have to jump across to YouTube and you have to subscribe, and uh, and you can give us a thumbs down if you really hate our content. But here it is. <laughs> Look at that. Doodaloo. So for those new to our show, uh, in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we roll through some of the notable and more forgettable performances across the round and touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for the Mm. ultimate supremacy across the course of the season. Yes. Now, I'll kick off with The Good this week, and it is Hold the Door, because Mm. we had Hodor. Hodor! Or as we should probably call him, Sean Darcy. Uh, Just... (laughs) As you said, beating down the door for a, for a decent score for once. He gave owners <laughs> and those that kept the faith exactly what they needed and probably wanted with a score of 132 against the Eagles. We did highlight his favourable history against West Coast last episode and we threw him up as a bit of a left field captaincy option. So I'm interested. Did anyone actually yeah. actually do it? If you let us know on YouTube in the comments or on, on Twitter who took our advice and rolled the dice because it's a ballsy move. Ballsy move. <laughs> And it goes into that uh, that same conversation that we've always raised about cap- captaining a player in the last game of the round. Mm. And for some reason, I reckon it's always fraught with danger. But there we go. It's it's paid off if, but it if you went down that route. It really doesn't make sense why it's fraught with danger. Because <laughs> no, it like, doesn't. There's no, there's, no, there's no difference. <laughs> it's not like VCing a player on like, I don't know, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, twi- uh, Arvo or something. And you've only got the Twilight game left. But yeah. Yeah. It, is, it feels weird. Know. It just feels bad. It feels wrong. Yeah. 
I don't know, it's like a bad omen or something, bad juju. Anyway, that puts that to, to bed, but we'll have to give it another go, maybe. Uh, but let's move on to the bad, and uh, probably a harsh bad to an extent here, because he basically lifted his team onto his back and carried them, but an 89 from the one, Marcus Bontempelli, a player so many of us VC'd is just simply not good enough, Zibont. He was absolutely mammoth throughout the game, but disposal efficiency of 68%, 15 turnovers also from his 28 disposals and six frees against is always going to hurt your potential scoring, no matter if you're the love child of champion data or not. Like, they're going to come down You can't down justify hard. it. You can't justify a decent score. It's one of those times where, yeah. like, you look at his stats and, like, if you look at the game in isolation, don't look at stats. You're like, he was yep. he was clear he was bog. Blind. Like, yep. Absolute best on ground. But then you look at his stats, you're like, was he the best on ground? <laughs> did he do that <laughs> <he> well? Really? <laughs> yeah, how many goals did he give up, those direct turnovers? Yeah. It sounds like he's just Ooh. whacking blokes left, right and centre as well, like six yeah. frees against. He's like, left hook, one free, right hook, oh, I've just punched my microphone stand. Oh, that actually hurt. <laughs> Don't know if that came through, but oh, that did hurt. So that's probably one free against me. But yeah, that's uh, that's just a no-go. Bont, what are you doing? Pull up your socks and continue having best on ground games, but please, can you translate it into super coach scoring more favorably? Yes, Thank you. Please, please, sir. Uh, now onto the ugly and I am, you know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to take one for the team here. I'm going to call oh, out, okay. I'm going to call some people out here and oh. we'll, we'll get there. Hang on. So we're going to start off. It's a bit left field, I guess. It's not, it's not about a player. And I want to make that known. This is not about okay. the player that's in the ugly Phew. column here. Yeah. So I've got Luke Davies Uniac. He he went out okay. went up from an ownership of just six point three percent in round two to twenty five percent heading into round three, mm-hmm. um, and he was the absolute latest of outs yeah. in his match against the Hawks. He pulled out of the game after the warm up with uh, I think calf tightness or corky or something in his calf. Yep. Um, so those that traded him in, myself included, were left with an with an LDU sized hole in their midfields, um, and some even had the captaincy on him. And those oh. poor buggers. Yeah. Now there were multiple reports from owners, as as you touched on, that they weren't able to actually make a trade. They went remember reverse trades, get him out, because both the app and the website were down. So it left LDU owners high and dry. Not good enough. Having to accept yeah. both a wasted trade theoretically and potentially a wasted VC or C if you if you chuck that on him. Mm-hmm. So the ugly here, and I'm I'm taking one for the team here, goes to the super coach gods. Who yes. have absolutely smited us here. They absolutely created Again. the perfect storm. And I'm willing to, to cop it because my season's going down the gurgler very quickly. No, no, uh, not yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding the door on your season, so don't but worry. I'm willing to take all of the all of the uh smiting from the super coach guards if if it if it saves the good the good folk of the super coach edge community. They are the ugly here today. Gee whiz, how noble of you, Liam. You're almost like the uh like the Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, Robin Hood, yeah, you're robbing the gods to to pay the poor super coaches uh, out there who own LDU. So you're, you're like, you literally, you know, you're Hodor. You're like holding I'm the door from all the, the smiting. you to get out. Yep. And you're the last one. And as, yep. as the as the gods are like punching their way through the door and like trying to tear you Tear to me apart. I'm like, hold the door. Hold, hold the door. <laughs> but no, I totally agree. And the one thing that annoys me as well, I mean, it's it's hard to do, I imagine, as well, because it, there is a tech aspect to it as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this isn't this isn't uh, you know smudging the uh, the name of the Supercoach app and the the, the no, people who no, no. who uh, run the whole thing. But it would have been nice 
had there like um, maybe in the future like if there's a late out for there to be some automated thing that sends out like an automation that if you own a certain player that's a laid out, it lets you know like laid out alert. So you can quickly jump into the app. If you can maybe jump into the app, that's probably the first stumbling yeah. block. But um, yeah, it's one of those things. I think I, I, I agree with you. I reckon it was the gods, the super coach gods. Yeah. They were um, again wreaking havoc every single week. They've done it every single week, mm-hmm. every week, right in front of me, right in front of me. <laughs> Virtually what it's like. Uh, but let's delve into both of our teams just briefly as to how we performed on the weekend. So I scored 2,192, which I thought was a half-decent score. I thought it was ahead of par. It was, but only slightly because um, my ranking is still 36,899th, although I did go up 10,592 spots. So considering that it actually was good, but I was just, I was bargaining on a, a bit of a higher jump. Uh, which makes me think that um, a lot of people have very similar sides um, and there's not many differences, you know, I guess differentiating people from the pack. So hence the uh, the small rises as it is because a lot of us, I've checked a lot of our content creator, um, our compatriots, their rankings and they're very similar to ours as well. So it's not, it's not all uh, doom and gloom. It is uh, a common theme across the competition, which is very interesting. So maybe now that uh, price changes come into effect and, you know, trades are uh, starting to heat up, uh, might be a point of difference from here on out. But fairly happy with my week overall with the likes of Jay-Z, Marshall and Doc, the ones who really let the team down. Obviously happy I held the faith with Hodor as the option I was considering trading him to was none other than Darcy Cameron, who of course got injured. So that was a bullet dodged. And then one trading option for Steel I was considering also was LDU, but I opted for Dacos at the last minute. So I was out here dodging bullets, Neo style, <laughs> left, right and center, like just, just dodging them. So I was very, very lucky on both counts there. Very much like how I dodged that bullet with uh, switching up from Tom Stewart uh, being in my starting side. So I've been awfully, awfully lucky. So hopefully that continues. I'm running out of petrol tickets. <laughs> <laughs> of the other trades, I ended up punting Callahan for set and forget a field and Chester to the cash cow of 2023 in Chandler. So um, happy with both of those switches. And I must say, Liam, I know you uh, unfortunately couldn't make our collaboration with the Supercoach Masters, but mm. again, we'll have another another catch up with those guys down the track. But I'm sure you would have seen it. But in terms of their yeah. list of trade outs, when uh, we went across and featured on their channel, they went through their top 10 trade-ins and trade-outs. They had Chandler on the last spot of their top 10 trade-ins. I just couldn't believe it. And I actually threw Tenth. a few numbers. 10th. And I threw some numbers back at them left, right, and center. I was like, hey, he's going to make about 60, 70K, you know, at, at worst. Um, and they're like, oh, but, you know, maybe if he doesn't keep his spot. And I was like, I think he's going to keep his spot for at least another couple of weeks. Mm. He's going to make us about 80K. Again, minimum over those two weeks. If he does end up getting dropped, eh, 80K, you can't go wrong with that. And uh, they uh, look, no, 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 I don't think so. So hopefully those people that tuned in listened to my advice, our advice, our combined advice, Liam, and brought him in and <laughs> didn't worry about theirs. But I think they were worrying more about as well um, what to do with uh, Maxi Gorn, I think, and Lockie Neal, who they were mm. wrestling with. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, looking at Chandler just quickly, made 82.9K on the weekend. Mm. Um, still has a break even of minus 42. Mm. And with a projected score of 53, he's going to go up another 43K, which is well down on his average of 84.7. So, yeah. I mean, 
like his lower score is 71. So you'd expect that he's going to go up decently in cash. You'd hope this week yeah. as well. But we, so, we love the banter with Supercoach Masters we do. though. So, we do. And we like, we like a bit of difference when it comes. And I yeah, said this to the boys. Course. I said, I like how there's difference in discussion. And they were like, all right, we'll have to agree to disagree. And that was fine. That's, that's all good. So uh, <laughs> nothing, no, uh, no opinions are correct or wrong. No, until they're, no, proven, no, until they're proven otherwise. That's the only thing. So until then, it's just conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, let's move on to my side. Uh, I did come up trumps again this week. I think it was 80 odd points. No, 60 uh, odd points. Yes, yeah, 60. 60. Yeah, 58, 58. 58, okay. 60, yeah, like 60 odd points. Uh, scored 2,134 with a ranking of 51,112th overall, which saw me go down 234 spots. Oh. And it's just, I don't know, it's its wild. 60 points difference between you and I. You've gone up 10,000 mm. spots and I've gone down 234 based off 60 points. Like it's just, it shows, I think you're right. It shows how even the competition is, but I think it shows yeah. how similar so many teams are. Yeah. Um, at this sort of point. Um, and I think I saw someone else say this, I think another content creator um, on Twitter potentially um, sort of looked at their side and said, I'm not sure where, where the issue is. Like all of the yeah. players that they're looking at, they're like, I'm happy with them. Like they're, they're decent players. They're decent, should be decent scorers, but it's just a case of everyone's not firing at the same time. And I think that's the key issue that a lot of us are having at the minute. <clears throat> mm. um, yeah. But anyway, onto my side. Uh, I can't seem to catch a break again this season. As mentioned earlier, I'm one of the unlucky coaches who brought in LDU this week. I do have to say I did dodge the the Darcy Cameron bullet, obviously. I did consider trading Sean Darcy to Darcy Cameron, um, but I did not, thankfully. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did still have LDU, which, which, which sucked, but I did get, um, what's his name, Baker's 95 as, as my loophole option. So like doesn't hurt as much. Um, overall though, despite my stink of a score, again, I'm pretty happy with my trades and this is going to come as a surprise when I say I dumped McRae. Um, I'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, Lockie, uh, sorry, not Lockie Jones, Liam Jones and the unsexiest of Flanders. Um, and I brought in the shiny new toy Nick Dacos, LDU and of course Chandler. Now I've lost points obviously with the McRae trade out to LDU because LDU scored big fat zero. Uh, but for the season, I'm happy, like overall for the season, I'm happy with it. Barring his one big quarter on the weekend, McRae's scoring in the other three quarters left much to be desired. Like I think I saw a breakdown and I think he scored maybe 20 points in one of the other quarters. That was his highest yeah. sort of, it was just that one big quarter of like 60 odd points. Um, the role stinks and Bevo stinks and yeah. he's not getting CVAs. So like, I know he had the weekend as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I know we had that big, um, I guess, big quarter, decent enough score. But if you take out that 60 and and sort of bring it back to the average that he's having of like 20 odd, he's probably only scoring about 80 for the for the game, 70 odd. Mm. So yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I think over the season, like the points will add up in terms of going for LDU instead, at least I hope so. Yeah, not Um but yeah, Dacos, happy bringing him in and then Chandler for unsexy Flanders. Yeah, that's um, good Good moves, I think. And yeah, you got to mm. look at look at trades as well long-term. Don't just yeah. be caught up in like 
the week that you traded someone in, like whether or not someone's injured or someone's had a, a stinker first up and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to trade him straight out again. Like you don't trade in blokes for just a single week. Unless, of course, you're, um, you're Abdul of uh, Abs Magic who uh, mm. uses that as his tactic from week to week. Mm. But yeah, you kind of like, you got to stick fat with a lot of these players as well. And I think, yeah, that's a smart way of doing it. Even though McRae did score well, looking deeper into his role, it shows that it's no no more advantageous compared to the week prior. He virtually had the exact same CBAs. Um, and just comparing it as well, like last year or this year so far, he's had 49% CBOs across the course of the first three rounds. And mm. then compare that to last year and he had 64% across the course yeah. of the year. So it really does put like, we all know that McRae scores well and he does his best work around the coal face. And when he's taken away from there, his scoring um, ability is, is just diminished and it puts a cap on how much he can score. So I think that uh, that trade, and if I was in your same position, Liam, because again, I was wrestling between Steele and McRae. If I went down the McRae path, I would have taken the exact same route as you. So yeah. um, <clears throat> I think it's an inspired move, especially because LDU, what he's shown so far, um, he's taken not only um, the form that he had at the last part of last year into this season, but he's actually taken it up another notch as well. So I reckon he can easily outscore McRae. So over the over the course of the season, you're going to come out on top for sure. I think so too. Uh, but uh, let's see how we go. But let's move on to the head-to-head quickly, Damon. And uh, mm. I'll, I'll go through this. Um, yep. You've got let's the go. two wins sitting on top of the ladder with two wins, one loss, um, and a plus 78-point differential, so in your favour. And I've obviously got the one win and the two losses, but still pretty close, only 78 mm. points in it. Yep, exactly. No, I reckon I got very, very lucky with LDU being out. Otherwise, that could have been the difference mm. um, because he, he could have been in for a, a bit of a blinder. Um, so, yeah, I was I was very lucky, I think. Uh, yes, it was frustrating. It was frustrating. And I thought I'd be able to get the Chockies, but the Supercoach gods didn't have the same thing in mind. And <laughs> I feel like I brought a world of pain on myself now that I've uh, that I've gone against them. Uh, but uh, let's, with the first round, let's jump into it. With the first round of price changes and some injuries and underperformance to talk about, it's a time to chat trades in The Price is Right. Show me the money. Ah! <laughs> Does that make you feel good just to say that? You're going to do, Jerry? Show me the money! For those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades, trade targets from week to week, or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all, or players you might need to think ahead for. We like to we like mm. to think ahead, not not just think about the now, but think about two, you know, a week, week, two weeks in advance. Um, let's kick off first with going, going, gone. And these are the guys that just get them out of your side, punt them um, for whatever reason, might be injury, might just be roll, uh, might be scoring. Uh, but we'll kick off first, Damon, with uh, Darcy Cameron. Do you want to run through? Yes, so Darcy Cameron is priced at 494k now after he went up in price 28.1k. As we went through, are very unfortunate for owners and especially those new owners from the weekend as he sustained a suspected high-grade MCL sprain, which will see him miss the next six to eight weeks. Very similar, I think, to Maxi Gorn, isn't it? In a sense, yeah. like MCL sprain. I can't recall as to what grade his was given, but I think it was around about that six-week mark maybe. Yeah. About four to six um but yeah, six, that, yeah yeah uh so yeah expect him to be on the sidelines for at least maybe a couple of months there so he is a must trade uh went up 28.1k as i mentioned which is probably a little comfort for owners who will now need to burn a trade on him 
probably makes it a little bit easier. He's now a little bit less awkwardly priced. You might be able to get him up, probably a little easier to get him to a Grundy yep. um, than it was. But let's move on to the next guy on the list. And it is Sam Flanders, 251.3K. Uh, he's gone down 5K. So thankfully I moved him on. Um, if you do still have him, he suffered an injury and was subbed out on the weekend. But even without the injury, it's time to cut your losses. As we've discussed at nauseum over the last few weeks, um, we got sucked in by him. But as we've said, it's all stupid. No sexy with Sam Landers. Yes, unfortunately. Um, see you later, Flandery Dandery Doodly. I might go mad with fear out there. So, Todd, I want you to shoot Daddy if he tries to get back in. <laughs> Okay, Dad. Okay. Hey, Sarah. Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Hi, Lee Ho. Hey, So speaking of sucking people in, there is this guy. I think if you open up the dictionary, this guy's photo is going to be plastered beneath it. It's a Sava Radiglia. He's priced mm. at 189k. He's average 44.3, and he has a break-even of 30. And there's no guarantee that he's actually going to eclipse that. Uh, but for those owners that do unfortunately have him, he's gone up 15k, believe it or not. So that's a win. That's a win. So yes, he sucks so many people in, and hopefully none of the Supercoach Edge community got sucked in. As I must admit, I haven't pulled any punches when speaking no. about this guy over the preseason, <laughs> especially when it comes to Supercoach. But let me just delve into it. So he scored 49 in the preseason. First, that's that's the first cross. I know, I think it was in the practice game. I think he, he supposedly played well, but of course, no real vision there. I mean, there was, but it was shaky vision. We all fell asleep or we just felt really sick. Um, and he only scored 55, a 31 <laughs> and 47 to open the season and hasn't really looked up to the level at all. I'm talking about AFL level here. But I'm sorry, this bloke isn't cut out to be a footballer, let alone be a super coacher. He's the best impersonation of a giraffe on a footy field. His one strength is his marking, and he even that has fallen by the wayside. His arms are just all over the shop. It's, it's, it's virtually made his role as a cash cow non-existent. And a lot of people brought him in or they started with him because he was providing cover for a Ruckman. And how many Ruckman have we seen get injured? Yet no one has had the confidence to start him as cover, which is even more <laughs> hilarious and shows how bad he is. That is a good point. So I'm glad that I started Madden <laughs> because he's provided he's provided more to me than ever as a captaincy loophole than what Asava Radigalia oh. would have ever given me. So all I can say is cut your losses and consider the 15K appreciation in price a mere bonus to the actual win of no longer having him in your side. So... Get rid of him. Don't stuff around. Get rid of him now because chances are he may even just just have 15. And I know so many people on Twitter, and I think it was a half-time, quarter-time, he was at 40-odd, and people were like, oh, this is it. He's going to come good. Maybe maybe he was just missing Tom Stewart. Maybe he was missing Tom Stewart. No. I think he scored about <laughs> 5 to 10 points more for the next half of the game. He's shit. Get rid of him. I'm sorry, Asav, if you're listening, mate, but... It's just you're not you're not built for super coach. Um, speaking of someone who's not a footy player, <laughs> at least don't bring it back here now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm like absolute drive by. You, you, like, know, you oh, know what? You know what? I'll finish back and say something nice. Yeah, I'll finish with this. <laughs> speaking as a non-footy player, I can identify a fellow non-footy player, oh, and you are one. Unfortunately, right. 
Well, so all the very best for the future. That. No, and, and um, I'll finish with this as well. Geelong should have <laughs> traded him when they had the chance. The fact another club wanted him, just take take pick 20 or whatever it was Port were offering. My God, what a win that would have been. But I, I guess they got pick seven with bloody bows anyway. So, oh well, <laughs> that would have persisted. Anyway, that's me. All the best to Sava and all the best for owners out there. Get rid of him. I'm just going to move on. I'm just going <laughs> to leave that alone. Here's the biggest I told you so. And I can't believe, also, by the way, Mason Cox. I love Mason Cox as a player and a person. But he made the, the wild call on Twitter saying, I can guarantee that Asava is going to be all Australian come the end of the year. The worst call I've ever heard. <laughs> Mason, you're more, you're more opportunity to finish as an AA. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, oh, is that pent up? That's, 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 pent up. <laughs> that's been that's pent- I've been weighing on you for a while. Um, <laughs> that's oh been weighing on me because I I fleetingly considered him ever so fleetingly, but uh, thankfully I didn't. But I just feel for owners out there just ridiculous. Come it's on. it's the, it, as you said, it's the, it's the super coach role. Like there's players that you just don't pick because they don't have a super coach family. It's Prestigiacomo, um, like two point Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's what we've got to consider there. He's not... But Presti was a good defender. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, I'll stop. Sorry. Apologies. Uh, I want it back. It's all in jest, Asava. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Poor Asava. I hope he doesn't listen. I hope he doesn't listen for his sake. So um, on the chopping block, he probably should have yeah. been. But on oh the chopping God. block. <laughs> on the chopping <laughs> block. Move. Let's move on. On the chopping block. And these are guys that you probably don't have to trade. Like... They're ones to consider, but ones that you don't necessarily have to move on straight away. I mean, you could technically put Asava in that um, <laughs> category. Uh, but let's kick off with our first one. It is Finn Callahan, 263.3. Six, I'm, I'm thrown after that, sorry. Oh. 263.6K, averaging 61 with a break-even of 69. He's already gone up 19.6K. Um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> of course he has. He's actually gone up. Gee whiz, he's only gone up four point six more than a Sava. That's pff, Finn. What are you doing, mate? Uh, all right, <laughs> calm down, David. Calm down. Uh, his scoring has fallen the last couple of weeks, and it fell to the lowest this season with a thirty-seven on the weekend from just 13 disposals and a disposal efficiency of 69%. He did play his favorable role along the wing at 86% time on ground, which does make it even more concerning when you think about it because he looked so good in round one. Round two, he obviously had that shoulder injury, played a bit more in the middle um, as a uh, at the center bounce. Um, so, yeah, it's unsure whether this score also had that I'm sorry. I'm unsure whether this score had the um, the, the shoulder injury had a bit more of a um, impact than we might have thought. His cash generation will have stalled now with a break even of sixty nine percent, a sixty nine. Sorry, and as a result of his low score of thirty two seven combined with his forty five from last week, they're going to stick it around in his price cycle for the next week with the forty five, and then the next two weeks with the thirty seven. So it's going to really halt his cash gen for the next couple of weeks. So his if he scores again around that 37 mark, 45 mark, he's actually going to lose cash. Does though mean that if he has one good week, yep, going to go back up. I think probably at this stage, he's one to consider moving on. Is not If you've got other issues, if you've got Darcy Cameron, you've got um, Flanders, Callahan might be down the list of issues you've got. Yeah. But he's probably one. He's probably the most 
he's he's going from on the block to going going gone probably most like he's he straddles the straddles the line between those two segments yep exactly um <laughs> like uh, i've really rattled you sorry liam that was yeah, you uh, did. that was that's a bit of like a wind-up toy, and I'm all, I'm all wound out now. So uh, it's just been a bit of entertainment for the uh, for the, the listeners and the viewers. I was not expecting um, that. <laughs> I was not expecting you to feel so strongly about uh, Chikalia. <laughs> oh, it's a classic. Uh, I just I just yeah. hate players that trick coaches, and this is another player that's uh, has tricked coaches yet again. But again, it's only one week, so maybe you'll turn it around. Um, so it is James Warple. He's priced at 338.1K and he's averaged 80.3 to date. He's got a break even of 50 and he has gone up in price 28.8K. But yes, on the weekend, he had a classic Warple type game with five clangers from 15 disposals, uh, making his disposal efficiency 66% for a score of just 45. His CBAs were very much the same as the round prior at 57%. So there is slight upside to suggest this was just an off game. But concerningly, he produced this sort of game in a win, which may indicate to Sam Mitchell perhaps his surplus to requirements if there are guys in the VFL knocking down the door. So that's one thing to worry about um, because really he's not contributing to the win. Uh, That's one way to look at it. He still has a low enough break even below his average, but another score like the weekend will completely halt his cash generation being at that higher price point. And again, at this awkward price, he um, if he isn't making bank whilst scoring half decently, he isn't fulfilling his role as a mid-pricer and just needs to be upgraded or cashed in plain and simple. So um, he is one that is well and truly on the chopping block, I think, if you own him. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think this is the concern that we had with him early in the preseason, why neither of us probably started him um, and really didn't consider him all that greatly, was that he he's probably... He, he has these sorts of games where he just, you know, puts up a, a low score um, of just 45. Um, it's going to hold his cash gen, as we said. He's going to have some issues as a result. Um, and it kind of comes just on the back of just having a poor game um, as opposed to his role being an issue. But the concern for me is really, I mean, they're, they're in that rebuild. Does James Warple make way if, if there are, as you said, guys knocking down the door of the VFL? And that's been the concern for me. I think when you look at like a Hopper who's, I mean, I know Hopper missed this week, um, but Hopper or a Setterfield, slightly higher price for both of those guys, but they just had better roles and better job security. Um, not that I'm saying Warple's got poor job security, but I just think those two had better scoring potential than a James Warple. So yeah, probably one to consider um, moving on if you do have him. Um, but let's move on to the next guy. And it is Mateus Philippou or Philippo. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one it is. I'm not sure. I'm say Philippou. Makes more sense. P O U feels like it makes more sense. But anyway, let's move on. 207.7K, averaging 62 with a break even of nine. He has gone up 40.9K in his first week. And it's probably a little premature call to be moving him on. And it's probably one more for the aggressive traders out there, um, as he still has a low enough break even and still has some cash to make. However, if you are in a position where you need to sacrifice someone in order to take, uh, to make some extra cash, you know, downgrading a rookie in order to fund an upgrade um, of Darcy Cameron, for instance, um, he could be the one that, that that helps you out there. Positive is he had his first taste of CBAs on the weekend with uh, 21%. So there is upside for his scoring ceiling if this continues. He's most certainly not a, not a must trade by any means, especially compared to Callahan or Warple. I think they're much higher. 
Um, and again, probably slightly premature to be trading him out at this stage. He's only made the 40K. Probably going to definitely eke out some more cash for you. But he's an option if you need to sacrifice a rookie at a higher price point to, uh, yeah, get you some cash. Yeah, spot on. The reason, we're, like, there's other options, obviously, as well. There's Fergus Green, but again, yeah. not going to net you as much cash. Um, so it's just exactly. more looking at it from the standpoint that he's at a higher price point, similar um, sort of break even or thereabouts to like a Fergus Green. Um, his break even is actually a little bit, little bit higher than Fergus Green, but uh, in terms of yeah, what he has to offer as a bit of a trade in, he offers just a smidge bit more. But again, like you say there, I'd be looking to trade out those guys like Callahan and uh, Radiglia Flanders, uh, those sort of types as well, before him. So let's move on to the next category, and it is get them in. And first up, we have Tim English. Um, he's had an absolute rip snorter uh, start mm-hmm. to the season. He's had uh, a price at 616.8K now. He's averaging 137.3, and he's got a break-even of 76. So he's gone up 35.8K already. And he's gone from strength to strength after we all got scared after a preseason niggle and poor scoring across the um, those practice games. But he's come good with three consecutive scores of over 134 to start the season. If you can find a way to get Darcy Cameron up to English, it's I think it's mm. definitely worth it. Mm. But beware that he has never played a full season due to injury. So be sure to keep a trade up your sleeve. That's, I think, one thing that I've been seeing on Twitter as well. A lot of people talking about those owners of Darcy Cameron they're a bit weary to go and pay up for English at that mm. higher price point because they know that chances are he's going to get injured. He's going to break down. He's something's going to happen and they're going to have to be forced to use an additional trade on him. So it does I make think, sense, but yeah. it's a bit, bit of obviously devil's advocate, but. And it's hard as well. If you're going to go to a Grundy who's cheaper, he's we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but mm. I guess you're using a trade to get to him. Then you go into English using multiple trades. If you've also traded Darcy Cameron in, you've used yeah. a trade to get Darcy Cameron in. You've then traded to English. You might get injured. You've got to trade him back out again. Yeah. Like it's just one of those things you do have to consider, I guess. Um, and I do understand why there'd be a lot of people who are wary of, uh, yeah. of doing that. But his role looks, sorry, his scoring looks great. He's averaging 137, just, yeah, consecutive scores over 134 is is huge. Especially when you've got the likes of Darcy, uh, Sean Darcy as your yeah. R1. And Marshall uh, as well. Absolutely. And Marshall. Absolutely. But let's move on to the next guy on the list. And it is Brody Grundy, um, 509.3K, averaging 95.3 with a break even of 75. And he's actually gone down 3.6K. Hmm. Interesting. So going to get him a bit cheaper, which is, which is yeah. nice. Not much, yeah. but a little bit. Every 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 $1,000 counts. Uh, <laughs> another, another option... For the injured D uh, D cam uh, is Grundy, and he has a few weeks shouldering the ruck load for the Ds, which will hopefully translate to high scoring. In the next three weeks, he faces West Coast, Essendon, and Richmond, who he does historically average quite well against, all over 100 points from all of his outings against those sides. So it's got a bit of a good run there. Um, Essendon's probably one that um, I've highlighted a little bit um, they tend to be quite negative in the way that they affect scoring for rucks. Um, so could be in for a downer there. So the average might not hold as well there. Uh, he won't get that forward status, which we all wanted um, until probably a bit later in the season now, because he's going to be shouldering the ruck contests um, with Gorn out. And then when Gorn comes back, you'd probably expect him to to spend a bit more time forward or potentially Gorn to spend more time forward as mm. 
Grundy sort of takes as Gorn gets back into it. Um, there's also, I guess, going to be the question about what happens when Gorn returns. Does he still score as well? Mm. I think he is one to consider. He's not as good an option as English, but he could be a good it's just hard. You don't want to waste a trade getting Grundy in and then having to trade Grundy out. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to make enough cash to be worth that. Like, I don't think he's going to make 150K. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, do you trade English in knowing that you may have to use another trade down the track or may strike it, strike it lucky and English is healthy for the rest of the year? Or do you bring in Grundy, like you say, and then know that when Gorn comes back in, he's going to be impacted and is it worth then trading him to Gorn or to someone else? Like, I don't yeah. know. It's it's a bit of a catch-22, I think, in both situations. Um, almost like a coin flip type scenario. I mean, with Grundy as well, he had 21 disposals on the weekend, his highest all season. So he did more around the ground. Uh, had, again, the most marks for the season, five marks. He had zero the week prior and Ooh. one in round one. So he is doing a bit more around the ground. Um, despite the fact that he only had 25 hitouts in the ruck as well, which was uh, down on the previous week when they faced Brisbane and he had 45. So um, there's enough to suggest there that, uh, especially with, as you mentioned, those teams that he's facing up against, West Coast especially, um, Essendon are renowned as well, like, you know, being a Dons man, that they quell opposition ruckmen quite well. Um, so that's something to factor in. And then Richmond as well. So... Interesting, but um, I think, yeah, it's a catch-22, almost a coin flip, I think. And it probably comes down to how much cash you have in the bank, really, as to mm. who you can afford. Um, That's the Grundy, other thing. I think, is a, a good option, uh, cut price. And it's a bit of a bonus that he actually didn't go up in price. He's gone down in price, if anything. So Yeah. Like, what's the price difference? It's only about 10K, maybe? About 15, 15K, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So not 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 bad. Not easy to get from DCAM to, to Grundy there. Mm. Don't mind it. Um, let's move on to the next option in get them in and it is LDU and he's priced at 557.4 K still, uh, because of course he didn't play on the weekend, meaning he's only played the two games and hasn't played the third to go up in price. So he's averaging 149 and his break even still remains at that 21. So he was one of the most traded in options from last week and he sits firmly as an option this week yet again with his price set to skyrocket as it should have on the weekend if he played with a projected score of 114. He'll go up 41.9K and this could just be the, the cheapest he'll be all season uh, if mm. he keeps up his scoring. Clarko did mention that his late withdrawal on the weekend was merely due to tightness related to a core calf that he sustained in the week prior. But obviously watch any news around his calf before you choose to bring him in. And just looking in terms of the quote, direct quote from Clarko, he said he got a corky in his calf from last week's game. He trained on Thursday, but just when he was warming up today, he just didn't feel right. He's an important player for us, and we just don't want to take a risk with him. We um denied about whether he'd hobble around and try what he needs to do, not at his best physically, but we're in this for the long game, not the short game. It's tough when you've been best on ground in the first two rounds of the season. It ended up being an easy call. Let's not worry about about it this week and see if we can get him up for next week. So I think there's enough there to suggest that if it was just literally a, a core calf, and if you played through the game with it, says to me that it wasn't as bad and it was just like mm. maybe a bit of tightness or something related to it that, you know, had a bit of a uh, alarm bells ringing in the, the North Medico's heads that it was just easy enough to um, to keep him back. So hopefully he's fighting fit, um, but I am firmly looking at bringing this guy in. I was, as I said, in the um, when I was going through my team, I was looking to bring him in instead of Dacos and uh, I struck it lucky. But 
at that price, the fact that he hasn't gone up in price and mm-hmm. I've already got Dacos now, oh, it's it's literally uh, it's such a bonus. So hopefully he's fighting fit for your sake as well as an existing owner and for anyone else out there that already owns him. But I think he could be the one of the biggest booms uh, up there with Tom Green, as we've said all, all preseason virtually, but love what we've seen so far. Yep. And you know what the best part is? He got to miss out on a McGuinness tag. So True. Very happy. Very yeah. happy. Upsides. Uh, upsides. Upsides everywhere. Now let's move on to Cade Chandler, 206.8K, averaging 84.7 with a break-even of minus 42. And he's already gone up 82.9K as we, we spoke about earlier in this earlier in the episode. And standing obvious here in saying, you probably missed the boat now. He's gone up 82K. But believe it or not, there is still plenty of cash to be made. He scored 93, 71, and a 90 in his first three games. And most importantly, has impressed the point where I reckon it's going to be tough ask for anyone to displace him from the best 22. Mm. And I think this week's probably his biggest risk with Cozzy Pickett coming back. Um, yep. So the fact that he's already made 82K is nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I, I just don't think, I think he's impressed. He's played quite well. So another score of 70 to 80 would see his price rise past 60K plus in the one week. So he'd be up to, you know, 140K, almost ready to be plucked off if if, if he does um does get dropped. Oh, right for the a, picking. Right for the picking, right for the picking, right for the yeah. culling of a cash cow. Uh, well, let's move on to the uh, next category is those rookies on the bubble. So there are a handful here. And first up, we have Will Phillips priced at 158.3K, averaging a 71.5 with a break-even of negative 52. So Phillips finds himself on the bubble mm. this week and was named in the side on the weekend. But remember, he did start round one as the sub, so he's one to consider, but does he hold enough job security? Managed the second most CBAs on the weekend with 74%. But remember, this was without both Simpkin and LDU at the call phase. Mm. So... Will his CBAs regress once they return? Which you'd probably think they will to some extent. But the question is to, as, is as to how much. So um, their return could be both as soon as this weekend. So uh, a bit of danger signs there. And it does make me question, like if you're starting sub, didn't play the second game, and then he's come in when those two first choice midfielders haven't played. Is he just depth? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. That he's... I would really be mindful of trading him in. Um, I'd, yeah, don't don't bank all your. What I'm trying to say, what I mean is, don't make all of your plans of him being in. Um, I'd really be mindful of of him potentially missing. Yep. I think he probably did enough to hold his spot, but it, it, yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, um, one to consider, but yeah, just just watch and see. Uh, moving on to the next guy, and it is uh, Joel Amarty from Sydney, 223k, averaging 100 with a break-even of minus 72. Now, the Swans' big man has played in the ruck and managed two respectable scores, one of 122 in his first week and 78 on the weekend. His price does make him a bit awkward, though it will definitely increase in price. With a projected score of 60, he'll go up almost 60K next week. And, I mean, he's averaging, what, 70-odd? 100-odd, sorry. I mean, yeah. Going to have to think about that. With a 122 and a 78. Um, he is projected to peak at about a price of 330k, so not quite the 150k we do need. Um, but if you continue his impressive scoring, that high that that peak will be a lot higher. So he's just an awkward price, like 223k. He's not really going to free up any cash for you. Um, no. He's going to make cash, but he's not going to free up cash in the meantime. 
it, it does make me wonder. Is, I mean, Tom Hickey, because he is playing a little bit of ruck, isn't he? He's playing up forward. Uh, Tom Hickey comes back in four weeks. So you'd think in terms of timelines, that's probably uh, the time that he'll be most expendable. Um, but even then, I, I guess he kind of held the fort whilst Buddy was out. Uh, and it's pleasing to see that he's kept his role whilst Buddy's well, been yeah, back. back. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm still weary about him, even though his break-evens jumps off the page and looks pretty, um, okay, it pretty looks pleasing. Juicy. And uh, very juicy. Yeah. Just in terms of ruck time. So Amadi had the most that he's had, uh, which was on the weekend with 25% pinch hitting in the ruck uh, with Peter Laddams. So um, maybe if that continues, um, but I, I don't know. He's just, he's tough. It's it's a, it's a tough one, really. For me, I'll, I'll probably bypass him. I think at that awkward price point, I'd prefer to. You'd almost need to sideways trade like a, a Flanders, um, Flanders or a Philippu, even just yeah. that's a little bit of an upgrade. It's not um, worth it. It's just not worth it. I think even though his break even's at negative seventy two, I I don't think his scoring can continue at that uh, that price point. I don't know. No, I me. agree. I agree entirely. Uh, let's move on to the next guy on the list. Yeah, next guy we have is Harry Royston and he's priced at 139.8 K averaging a 51.5 with a break even of negative 23. He's a cheaper option that Phillips other than Phillips, sorry. And Royston is a little bit of an unknown quantity has held his spot with Kelly back in the squad, but would likely lose his spot to Perryman upon return. Pleasantly though, he's averaging 60% CBAs for the giants, which is a bit of a surprise, even getting 59% on the weekend with Kelly returning, mm. which is good to see. Hard to know his long-term job security scoring potential. Isn't great so far with scores of 55 and 48, but if you're in, in need of some cash, he could be a good downgrade option for your bench. But yeah, again, that job security is probably the one thing that is a bit of an unknown that, um, mm. yeah, I'd almost prefer to go for a Van Ruin, but we'll get into later on about that, that bloke as mm. well, but not this week, but yeah, in terms of weighing up. Bit of a surprise, a bit like that Jeff Buckley guy. Um, is it yes. Jeff Buckley? Very much surprising from the Giants. Jack Buckley. Uh, Jack Buckley. You're, you're, you're thinking of, of uh, Yeah, it was. <laughs> Ripping song. Great song. Um, yeah, I think similar vein to him. Like you just, I feel like he's an unknown. Like I don't think many people are talking about him. Probably a reason for that. Did get 15 CBAs in both games though. So like mm. decent numbers. Um, mm. Probably one, again, like he's slightly cheaper than a Phillips, but I feel like Phillips is probably a better option um, overall. Uh, moving on. And we've got two Richmond uh players on the bubble here. First one is Samson Ryan, 123.9K, averaging 49.5 with a break-even of minus 28. And he's averaged, as we said, 49.5 across his two matches. He had a high score of 72 in round two, followed up by a 27 on the weekend. Admittedly, the conditions at the G on Friday night wouldn't have favoured a big man. Um, and he was subbed off, which would have impacted him as a tactical sub. Um, only had two disposals, had nine hitouts from his 15 Contest, ruck contest and played predominantly in the back half. I think is a hard pass at this stage, but he does have some handy DPP there. Um, I think it's a ruck forward, so I won't get ruck defender, um, but could be a little bit of a swing if you didn't need him with a... But I just don't think the scoring potential is not there for him. No, no totally agree there. Um, I'll be bypassing. I was looking at him heading into the weekend, but <clears throat> I don't think there's enough security around his job, first and yeah. foremost, but then his scoring capacity as well. 
Mm. Just not good enough. Nank's killing it alone in the ruck, and they almost don't even need Samson Ryan, really. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. I might pass Tyler Young over to you, Liam. Whilst you do that, I'm just going to pull up some numbers on Jack Buckley just very quickly, and we'll end with him uh, in this category. Love it. So let's uh, chat Tyler Young, 102.4K, averaging 43 um, has a break-in of minus 27, and he is another key position defender for the Tigers who had very limited impact on the weekend. He had just the six disposals and went at 17% disposal efficiency. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know how that works with six disposals. Um, did only one of them hit a target? Um, yeah. Anyway, pleasingly, he did have four intercept possessions and laid four tackles on the weekend. So there's a little bit of a, a base there, I guess. Um, his two scores show what you're going to get from a key position defender, though, with a 52 and a 34. He is a bargain basement priced, but scoring potential is a big worry, and I don't think job security is going to be super strong for um, the young there. Yeah, no, he's he's a uh, solid pass as well. I've seen mm. a few people look at him on discuss him on Twitter, but it's purely just based on that juicy bargain basement price of 102.4, nothing more, nothing less. Um, but even so, with that, you need job security and you need scoring potential, which he has neither at this stage. Um, just finishing off with Jack Buckley, who you mentioned as well there, because he's kind of gone under the radar. Mm. Um, scored well again on the weekend. He scored a 99, uh, which was quite interesting because he had 12 disposals, three marks, three tackles. Um, I imagine some of those. I watched the game and uh, I do recall some of his uh, disposals and marks and stuff being called out. But obviously 12 disposals, I didn't really catch the eye. Um, mm. And just looking closer as well in terms of uh, meters gained and stuff. So 174 meters gained, which is sort of down the bottom. He had six contested possessions, 91% disposal efficiency, which sort of bumps up his mm. scoring. But I, I just literally do not understand how he's had a 99 Super coach score. I know it doesn't obviously correlate with AFL fantasy, but his fantasy score was 53. Mm. Uh, but even compared to a, I, like, I don't know. A Doherty. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. When you look at the, and I, and I do understand the concept of, you know, the contested possessions and, and all mm. that being different, but just some of the stats are, are wildly different. Um, does come in though, priced at 275.9K. So is very, very awkwardly priced. Mm. Um, He's really almost an upgrade from a rookie. He's he's How actually else would you get him? he's more expensive. He's almost forty k more expensive than Liam Jones. Mm. I guess the one upside is obviously he's got those scores in the bank. The seventy six ninety nine ninety nine. So the the two ninety nine scores will stay in his rotation for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. Along with minus forty scores, break even. Yeah, minus forty break even. Um. Mm. He's projected to go up if he scores sixty eight forty eight point nine k on the weekend. And then if he scores a 70 the week after you'll go up projected 23 K. Um, so what's that 70 K thereabouts? Um, mm. I don't know. Like it's almost at the point where if you've started it's... him, if you traded him in before price rises, good stuff. But again, he's more expensive than um, uh, what you call it. Uh, Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, more expensive than Chandler. Yeah, more expensive he's, than Amadi. Amadi is 69k more expensive than Chandler, mm. and he's got a worse break even. Just 
So you'd be, yeah. I'd, I'd be going for if you can, if you can do it. Like that's the reason why Chandler's such a, a good player still to get in your team as opposed to a Jack Buckley. Like don't, I wouldn't be fooled and pay up for Jack. Just this is me anyway, but I, I wouldn't be doing that. I just think as an awkward price, I don't know how you're gonna do it. It's gonna it's probably hurt you. Yep. Rather than help you. Um, but let's move on to the weight options now, Damon. It's probably uh, it's probably pretty straightforward, isn't it? I'll, I'll pass across mm. to you here, Liam, because um, you've obviously been a prior owner of his. <laughs> yes, I have. Tom Stewart, 604K. If I knew he was only going to be out for one week, I would have kept him. Oh. Oh, fuck, fucking Scott. Average, 92.5. <laughs> Break even of minus 161. I mean, he's going to drop in cash, so maybe it was worth it. Uh, as we met, yeah. oh, maybe he won't. We don't know. Might, might score <laughs> yeah. 161 on the weekend. As we mentioned in the intro, this bloke was the second coming, not only making a uh, miraculous return, but also smashing out an effortless 167, which puts his 161 break even at, at risk. Yeah. Um, going by that thought. score. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> not me. Bloody hell, seriously. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. Going by that score, though, if he were to score the same this weekend, as we said, he'd break his passes break even and would not lose cash. Probably make yeah. like, I don't know, 200, $200 or something. Um, how, yeah, how, <laughs> don't make me think about it. Yeah. Uh, however, even if, the, even if the Cats are facing the Hawks this weekend, it's probably a smarter move to wait a week at the very least, given he does average 90.8 across eight games against the, the Hawks. With a high score of, I'm going to say just 129, just because it's not a 161. Yeah. And thus he's more likely to drop in cash than Eclipse is stupidly high break even. Um, if he doesn't, if he makes cash, if he, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to cry. Um, <laughs> you and every other owner. I'm going to cry as well as a prospective owner because I want him to go down because he's <sighs> calculating into my trades. Yeah, Definitely. Two weeks down the track, if not next week, um, especially. So, like, it's it, he's going to ruin, he's going to scuttle my best laid plans. So, and then I think I'll be crying with you. That's the point of these weight options. It's this is us looking forward. Like, don't don't worry about him this week. It's probably not worth getting him in. I don't know how you would, um, but yeah, definitely one for next week. Yep, totally agree there. Uh, the other guy in the weight category who we referred to earlier is Jacob Van Ruin, uh, the youngster from the D's, priced at 123.9K, averaging at the moment anyway off the back of one game an 89 with a break-even of at negative 41 at the moment. Obviously contingent upon how he scores this coming weekend if he plays, which he should. Uh, but the young tall forward looked impressive for the D's on debut, scoring an 89, as I said, mm. which consisted of three marks, six tackles, three hitouts, and three goals. Even more impressive was he had this impact in just 72% time on ground. So not too bad, very effective. He also managed 21% time in the ruck as the chop-out ruckman to Grundy, which is something that will garner bonus points through hitouts to advantage and tackle opportunities, as we saw on the weekend, with mm. his six. So despite all of the praise, he won't change in price until he plays his third game. So you can afford to wait this week and keep an eye on how he performs across the weekend. So you could maybe potentially go early on him. I know a few people did with Chandler, but again, it's fraught with danger because obviously if he gets injured, knock on wood, puts in a shit one, subsequently gets dropped. Um, I can't recall who's on the horizon. I think Ben Brown got subbed out on the weekend. Um, Tom McDonald, I don't think, played. Mm. Um, so there are a few guys there who could take his spot if he has an absolutely shitful game. So <laughs> play, play it safe. And if you can, uh, just wait a week. Yeah, agreed entirely. Now, Damon, what's next? Mm. <gasps> what is next, Liam? Mm. Well, I don't know if I can be wearing this. 
Or if you're wearing it. What are we referring to, Liam? It is... I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. (laughs) Oh, you're you're putting it on. What's this? (gasps) Ahoy there, mateys. I sing you a song, a song of the sea, even though it's a pirate, (laughs) but it still is a captain, so it makes sense. (laughs) I'm feeling good. Good oh, you should be. You should be. Run, run through as to why. Oh, maybe, maybe leave it until. We'll, we'll chat about it. Chat about it later. I reckon. Okay. Yeah. People who've tuned in uh, before obviously know what, uh, what we're referring to, but for those newbies, uh, hold off for about Stick five around. minutes, and uh, you'll you'll find out why. Exactly. Exactly. And um, but yes, this is I'm the captain now, and in I'm the captain now, we chat about B, C, and C options that we've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. And as always, we scrounge through the data and find the best options for you to consider. Um, now, let's start off with some vice captaincy options this week. And first up, we have Josh Dunkley, Thursday night, 7.25 at the Gabba, up against the Magpies. And he's an average of 99.75 in his last four against the Pies with scores of 118, 113, 67, and 101. Yes, uh, it looked like yeah. he was going to have a blinder on the uh, on the weekend mm. and uh, fell short, unfortunately, to uh, what we call the VC-worthy scores. But yeah, he's still uh, he's still in decent enough form. It probably comes down to the form of Brisbane because they need to pull up their socks. Uh, but a tough ask against the Pies, so that'll be one to watch. But first up, uh, he presents as an option. Next up, we have also, same game, another young gun, even younger. It is... Dacos Jr. Nick Dacos. Uh, he's only played the Lions, the Lions on one occasion last year for a score of 71, but comes in with a three-round average of 129 with scores of 129, 149, and 109. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be tagging him. Again, he's playing the halfback rule. Uh, they haven't got like a Mitch Robinson. They've got Devin Robertson, potentially. That could come in, play a bit of a run with role, maybe. I don't think anyone can match this guy. He is next level. He is something special. Um, and I think a few people rolled the dice with a VC on Dakes on the weekend. Didn't mm. pay off, but I think it will. It will pay off sometime. So is this weekend that game? So Richmond, I will say, Richmond give away the least points to wing defenders, which Dacos would be classified as. Mm. Brisbane give away the second least. So still Ooh, not looking okay. good. No. Um, but that being said... Like he scored a 109 against Richmond who traditionally, you know, wing defenders Stingy. don't, yeah, don't, don't work well against. So could be in for a decent enough score here. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind the VC on Nick Dacos on Thursday night. Moving on to the next guy on list. And it is Luke Davies at Uniac against Carlton on Friday at 4.20 at Marvel Stadium. Uh, he did miss on the weekend, obviously with calf tightness. So maybe a slightly riskier option because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but he, and you know, he might, might be named, might be named. Yeah. He might get pulled out five minutes before the game. We don't know. Please don't um, say that. That's me knocking on wood. Yeah, please. Uh, he does have an average of 64.25 in his last four against the Blues with scores of 95, 77, 48, and 37. But these have all come before he, I don't know, just basically broke out. Um, yeah. He has scored 155 and 143 this year. So could be in for another big one um, against the blues. Who, yeah, traditionally, we, 
Not too bad. And traditionally as well, just in terms of taggers, I know Ed mm. Curnow, who has been traditionally a tagger back in the day, he is playing. Uh, and then also we have Georgie Hewitt. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Hewitt's traditionally played like a, a traditional lockdown yeah. role as it, as it was. I mean, probably plays close checking at the stoppage and then runs off and gets his own ball. Uh, isn't fully negating. So wouldn't worry about that. Ed Curnow does worry me probably more so. Um, but again, Carlton's playing North Melbourne. I reckon they're just going to go head to head, really, unless it gets to a point where LDU's absolutely smashing it is off the chain. I think in game they might make a movement, but I don't think from the start, from the get go, I'd be very surprised if Vossi opts to pull the move on LDU. One to one to consider, nonetheless. But uh, yeah. another one to consider is that Rory Laird, who faces Frio on Saturday at one forty-five p.m. at Adelaide Oval, has an average of ninety-six point two five in his last four against the Dockers, with scores of ninety-five, one hundred seven, ninety-five, and eighty-nine. Note that these go back quite a few years as he did not play them last year and a couple of other times in that run that 89 comes from 2017. So it does date back a fair while. But I think he's still a good option as your VC. Obviously, as we know, discounting round one, consistent scorer, uh, can rack up the pill, can run all day. Um, an easy, safe option, I think. Yep, agreed entirely. I'm just going to go one back. I'm going to go one back and it's going to be Paddy Cripps against Ooh, okay. North Melbourne. He's in 14% of teams. They're not super relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, North give away the second most points to opposition inside mids. Mm-hmm. And he is averaging 110 for the season. He hasn't got a massive average against them um, in 101.5 from his eight outings against them. But his last score was his highest at 138, which came last year. So um, mm. could be could be one to consider, um, especially for a VC. Sorry, just going to throw that one in there. I like that. No, that's that's a good. It's uh, that's that's good research on the fly by you, Liam. It's um, it's very commendable. And I wonder if he's your captain option. Maybe mm. let's wait and see. Um, but uh, also next up we have Marcus Bontempelli who faces the Tigs on Saturday at four thirty-five p.m. at the G. Has an average of 121.25 in his last four against the Tigers with scores of 136, 107, 96, and 146. So we know what we get from Zabont. Uh, was in for a blinder on the weekend. Had he not had those stupid turnovers, yada, 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 freeze against all that sort of stuff, absolutely killed me because I chose him as my captain option in our head-to-head. Uh, but anyway, mm. let's, uh, let's move on from that. <laughs> Who else do we have? We have in the same game, Timmy English. Now, he has an average of 83 in his last three against the Tigers uh, with scores of 96, 50, and 103. Sorry, 103. Um, he's only played them three times across his career, so one thing to consider there when we do look at all those scores. Uh, despite that 83 average, he does come in off the back of a three-round average of 137.3 uh, with scores of 134, 139, and 139. So, yeah, big scores there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I just played some funny buggers on the run sheet there for you, Liam, for two um, oh, check you? out. Don't 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 scroll down just yet. Oh, um, oh, so let's, okay, let's, I'll, I'll wait. Okay, let's uh, let's roll into the captaincy options. And first up, we have Clary Oliver. Speaks for itself, really. This bloke mm. is just the biggest, sweatiest, pinkest of pigs that delivers the juiciest of bacon known to man, and it is Clary Oliver. He faces West Coast on Sunday at 5.20 p.m. at Optus Stadium. Has an average of 102.75 in his last four against the Eagles with scores of 99, 98, 99, and 115. So does 
struggle against the Eagles, mm. believe it or not, but comes in with a three-round average of 134.7 with scores of 113, 135, and 156. So, again, a hot vein of form and, again, could continue that run. He's, he's gone up and up and up every single week, so almost by 20 points each time. So could he be going in for a 170-odd? Mm, maybe, maybe. Mm. I like that. Like that from here, and I've just scrolled down. It's in eyesight now. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, moving yep. on to Brody Grundy, uh, another captaincy option in that same game, has an average of 105.75 in his last four against the Eagles with scores of 118, 134, 110, and 61. But he will be rocking against Bailey Williams. And like Darcy before him, it should be in for a big one. They give away by far the most points to opposition Ruckman. Wow. Um, now this is for fantasy admittedly, but it mm, will translate right. across. Correlations, yep. um, there is correlation. So just for context, they give plus 18.75 points above average. What? Yes. The next, the next highest is 7.17, which is Collingwood. <laughs> so like I'm talking, you said that's huge. Wow. 83%. And it's eighty three percent of um of players in that that they've come up against this year score above their average in the ruck. So basically, wow. it's huge. That is huge. That's huge. I like that. Ah, he's one to consider. And and mm. again, that 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 uh, feeds into why he is a definite option for those yeah. who have Darcy Cameron. There's an upside there. Um, it could deliver a nice score first up. Uh, but let's round it out with a bit of a smoky here. And hopefully this doesn't happen <laughs> for <laughs> our sakes. Prospective owners and form owners. It is Tom Stewart against the Hawks on Monday at 3.20 p.m. at the G. Has an average of 105 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 129, 94, 119, and 78. So again, as we mentioned earlier, not the best of averages and doesn't score really in the realms of a captaincy score historically, but... Jeez, you, you can't discount him after the weekend with what we saw. It makes me wonder, though, like, will they put a clamp down on him, the Hawks? Mm. Can they? That, the other teams have done it in the past. Yeah. Does it, yeah, does a McGuinness go back like he did to a Dacos mm. in the preseason? I mean, slightly different players, but. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Something to think about. Hopefully Something he does. To think about. Yeah, we hope for, we hope for, for that. For non-owners out that. there. We hope <laughs> yeah. for that. Uh, now let's jump into our little captaincy head-to-head, Damon. That's our that's our yes. captaincy and vice captaincy options over and done with. Um, and I see you've done me over here. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm taking. I did take the chocolates this week, if I do say yep. so myself. Uh, with the, my pick of Rory Laird over your choice of Zibont. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you told me how I didn't think ahead. I didn't go for the. I left the bont. I took the bont too early, and he. Oh. Did, yes. The egg. bont. The. The Where bot would have smashed face, it. Not mine. No, he would have smashed it. The, <laughs> the egg is on champion data for doing me over. <laughs> I know their agenda. They hate me and they knew mm-hmm. our head to head and they're like, let's do over Bont and in turn do over me, do over Damon. And this is what's going to happen. So uh, tip of the cap to them. Mm, and to you. the cap to them. Uh, this sees me, even the ledger, and overtake you on the total points from minus 10 to plus 15. So a nice Ooh. big turnaround there. Now, as we alternate the first selection, Damon, it's it's your choice this week. Who will be going with? And just remember, you can't pick the same player as last week. Yep. And and just for those new viewers as well, like Liam is wearing the captaincy hat because he yes. is, oh, yes. this is the why. captain now. 
This yes, is, I am the captain. So he, yep, he's the captain. It alternates, or sometimes it doesn't. If you're uh, if you're the carryover champ, but mm. hasn't happened yet. So I reckon for me, uh, and if I had the chance, I probably would have gone with him last week. You beat me to the punch, obviously. Yeah, the first choice and Clary Oliver. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with the big pink sweaty pig. I just can't go, can't go past him, and I wish I started with him now. Why didn't I start with him? But oh well, I'll get my glory when he is victorious on this weekend. And Liam, what about you? I, I think I can, I can feel, I can sense. I've got a bit of a crystal ball. Nothing to do with me doctoring the run sheet or anything. No, not but at in all. In my crystal ball, I can see you taking a risk potentially. Maybe. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a risk on a ruckman. Oh, a ruckman. Okay. A ruck selectable player, actually. I don't know if he's a ruckman. Uh, um, okay. Is he? Is he go by the nickname R two? R two Galea. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I see he's been written down as my choice this week. <laughs> that wouldn't have been me at all. It I didn't do that. Possibly have been you. You didn't hear me feverishly typing as you were talking earlier, and I was giggling like a schoolgirl. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, I have been done over by you. Um, yes. I will not be picking. Comments? Not be picking R two Galea. Um, as tempting as it is. As tempting as it is, and I. I'm going to play the game here. I was going to go Paddy Cripps, but oh, I just okay. looked at his average for next week. And I've got first pick next week, so I'm oh, not picking Paddy Cripps. <laughs> you can't be doing this. You can be doing this, actually. That's a smart move. I did oh. not look ahead. This is the one week I didn't look ahead with Clary. I've looked. I, oh, yeah, shit. I should look at Clary as well. Make sure I'm happy with that one. Um, you don't want oh, it doesn't matter because I'm, I'm I'm picking Clary first up anyway. So oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't that's, get him. That's fine. <laughs> I can't I get, get a him again. choice anyway. Oh my um, god! Anyway, I am okay. Um, but let me just check that Clary's not going well next week. Making some last minute decisions. No, I'm no. gonna go. I'm gonna go with Grundy. Okay, Grundy. So it's Clary versus Grundy this week. Same game. Nice. Whew, yeah, that's gonna be interesting, isn't it? And virtually feeding each other. Oh, well, Grundy's yeah. feeding the big pink sweaty pig. Anyway, so but their I guess their points will work together because Grundy won't yeah. get his hit out points unless Oliver takes the takes it. That's <laughs> true. So I'm relying upon Oliver. Yeah, maybe and I'm relying goals, on you. <laughs> having tackles. Ah, so they therefore, okay, interesting. There's a game within a game here. That's mm. uh that's cool. Um and we've gone through obviously uh we're one win a piece uh in terms of total. Did you read that up before? Uh no, you're on no. two twenty four and I am on two thirty nine. So Ooh. fifteen points in it. Very, very close. Yep. What now, Liam? It is time for the bit of a Dirty Harry type uh, action here where it's like... I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Do you feel lucky? Huh? Do ya? Punk? And you say... What do you say, Liam? <laughs> I'm not saying it, I <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> I... Cats! Two. No. <laughs> hey, I got to know. Oh, they did not work oh, well in tandem. That did not. Um, alrighty. So in I got to know for those of you tuning in for the first time. No, we have not lost our minds. We have, we lost them ages ago, but we're not completely insane. Um, that's no, just, we yet. like to take the piss out of the, uh, the intro, as you would have heard there, uh, that little snippet from dirty Harry, hence my little dialogue leading into it. But in I Got to Know, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, and we answer your burning questions. So yes. first up, we have one from Mark, and uh, he's got a username very much like a bot. And the question is very much written 
almost by a bot. What's what's that bot? What's that? Uh, what's it called? Chat uh, GPT. Chat GTP, GPT. This is very much feeding into that. So, Mark, first off, your username is Mark five eight five six seven eight four four. Is that your serial number? Potentially, maybe. Um, but this supposed Mark can asks, not, "Can we not?" Have, I, can we not? <laughs> a, I don't. I'll let you know as to what. And the uh, good listeners of the okay, so, community, please. I apologize, uh, Mr. Mr. Mark version 2.0. Um, <laughs> he asks, or they ask, whoever they are, bot, uh, could I swing Radagalia into, again, D2, not R2, R2-D2. Ah, very good. <laughs> See, again, this is a bot detector, number one. So can I swing Radagalia into D2 or R2? I assume it means R2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. The bot does. It's They make mistakes. Uh, in place of Cameron <laughs> and use the money elsewhere, like get LDU and another premium slash mid-pricer for Jones and Callahan and ride the ruck combination until Gorn is back and has dropped in price. This guy is asking, oh my can God. I play... Damon. Can I, I play? About <laughs> <laughs> Can I play Radiglia as an R two whilst spending the money to get LDU and another premium slash mid pricer for Jones and Callahan? Wow. Okay, that in oh, itself is say. almost written written by a bot. So this sounds more like a bad joke if or, if it wasn't already detectable that it was written by a bot. But the pipe dream of R two Galia remained as that. And he should be traded out of your sides at best or left on your bench at worst. There's no way he should be considered on field at all. I would bite the bullet and nab one of Grundy and English if you can, like we've spoken mm. of. I would even consider trading Radiglia down to a non-playing Madden and bank the 86.6K to help part fund the 122.8K needed for English or use it to cover the 15K that's needed to upgrade Cameron to Grundy. So hopefully that helps you, Mark, and apologize. Uh, I do apologize for calling you a bot, even if you aren't. But if you are, then I'm correct and uh, I'm validated. So um, might need a bit of a firmware update, though, in terms of um, D2R2. But thank you for the question. <laughs> we'll leave all – whenever we have to talk about Radiglia, I'm just going to pass it to you from now on. <laughs> Very good. Um, just an entertainment factor. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's move on. I've got nothing to add there. I It's way too big a risk. I mean, yes, you're going to have a lot of cash left over, but like, you know, you're not going to win based off your cash. You're going to win based off your points. Um, I can see the logic potentially of, you know, you might get more points because you've got, um, LDU and a mid price, another bid price or a premium with Jones, but I just don't think you're going to, I just don't think your points across the field are going to work as, well in your favour that way. And I do apologise, Mark. I've just gone through your your, uh, your Twitter and it looks like you are human. And if you're not, then you're a very good uh, human impersonator if you're a bot. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next question. And it is from Facebook from James Chatterton. Uh, and he asks, thoughts on Brad Crouch. He's got a twofer. Uh, thoughts on Brad Crouch for M4 and Matt Flynn for R2 replacing Cameron. Um, let's start with Brad Crouch there. I think he's a pretty big pod at 0.5% ownership. And he has turned up in the last two matches with scores of 114 and 111. With Steele out of the side, the opportunity is certainly there. Uh, last year when Steele was out of the side, he did pretty well. He averaged 110.25. Yeah. So pretty close to that 114 and 111 two-game sample size. 
Um, even though obviously Steele played out one of those games. Um, and he had scores of 127, 105, 129, and 80 in that run without Steele. Now with Steele, he actually averaged 108.81. So it's not a massive difference there. Um, but he, I think the issue with him is he has a big high, he has a very, very high variance in scoring. He goes on runs, runs of sub 100 scores, 98, 98, 95 sort of thing, even as low as 40 or 60. Um, but then he counters it with big 130 plus scores. So it's it's not necessarily, it's probably okay if you're going for um, overall, but you don't want that sort of scoring in your side if you're going for um, league because you're just going to, he's going to, he's going to hamper you too much. You want more consistency with the scoring. So I do think he's a big pod, but probably doesn't end as a top 10 mid based off his, his recent averages. If you are trading him in for an injury, I think there are better options at a similar price, like an LDU who's slightly cheaper off memory uh, than Crouch. Um, But yeah, so no is probably my answer there, Um, but not like a hard no. Like a soft no, yeah. I want to say, um, in turn, not not as not as passionate as Radaglia for you. Uh, in terms of <laughs> Matt Flynn, and has a detail. That's a hard no. <laughs> That's the in hardest of no's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in terms of Matt Flynn as a decam replacement, he is another big, another big pot actually, but not one that I'd be considering for R two pretty much in any realm. Um, he won't finish the year as a top two or three ruck option. And from his 12 games in 2022, he only averaged 84.3. While he is getting the lion's share of the ruck, uh, Proust is still out. And Proust is set to return potentially as early as this coming round against the Dons from what I can see online. So I don't think it's worth the risk. And I'd be looking for a more sure option in the likes of Brundy. I mean, it's hard to know what cash you've got in the bank, what um, other options you have in your field. But I'd likely, I mean... As we said, what is it, 15K to get up to Grundy mm. from Cameron? I'd be looking yeah. at that instead. Yeah, totally agree on all counts. Uh, let's move on to uh, another, not really a question, but um, just an observation by uh, mm. one of our great supporters, legendary status. He is uh, yes. in Empire at Empire underscore X. Give him a follow on Twitter. Produces some quality stats and just all things numbers. Great bloke. Uh, he has said, will the re- real primo defenders please stand up? Bit of a uh, bit of Eminem there. Bit of, uh, drop a beat. Dun, 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 dun. So is it Dacos, Stewart and Sicily are really the only trustworthy ones thus Ooh. far. So he's bang on. Like, heck, we've even seen the likes of Doc who was ever reliable, especially last year, but he has been over his career, become expendable in recent weeks by those wanting to grab Dacos. Really, I can't remember a season like it where primos have started as inconsistently as they have across the park. There's also just to, you know, rattle off a couple of extra names like Sean Darcy in the ruck, um, Cogs on the weekend, put in an absolute stinker. Mm. Um, a lot of us thought he was going to be a reliable forward option, forward mid option. Uh, and then Brayshaw as well. Um, he started like absolute shite. Um, so yeah, it's just crazy in terms of the way it's going as well. And probably, feeds into what we were speaking of earlier in terms of ranking with teams and stuff like no one's gone well. And those teams that have won weeklies have actually been with the players of like Jack Crisp, um, Matty Real, like players that have just been left of center um, because they have scored well Mm -hmm. on an off week where primos have actually spotted it. So I'm still waiting as well for those primos to to kick into gear. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. 
Yes. Now let's move on to the next question from Brad Prest. <clears throat> now, I don't know if this is a question or more of a humble Brad. Uh, not even <laughs> humble, just a Brad. Just a Brad. Uh, he says, has no, have no injuries, scored 2,315 last week. Only trade would be Uland to Phillips if named. Not even a question mark. No, that's that's just him saying, yeah. look how good my, yeah. Yeah, look how good my team is. Hey everyone! Come and see how good I look. Check it I, out. I got to know. I got I got to know how good his team is. Um no, nice score there, Brad. Very, very good. Um absolutely fine there. And getting by with no injuries is very nice. I'd love yeah. to have that luck. Uh trade looks good. I don't know. Makes sense. Not much I can say about it really. Uland would be, you don't know when he's going to be back in the side for the Suns. Uh, Phillips is set to make some good cash. Obviously, only pull the trigger if Phillips is named. Um, obviously, it's a correction style trade. So, yeah, again, it does make sense, even though it is a bit sideways. Obviously, the cash, um, you'd be getting a bit of cash, splashing some cash to get up to Phillips. Um, but Phillips doesn't necessarily have solid job security and but he should hold his spot, you'd think, in the coming weeks. Um, but obviously one to watch. <clears throat> the only other thing to say is not knowing the rest of your side and how many trades you've made, we can't probably give a, really a full picture of what we think in terms of whether it's wise or not. But overall, mm. I can't see any real yep. issues with it. Geez, your team's scoring 23-15 on any mm. given week. Like you're doing something right, so back yourself in. Exactly. You're doing, you're doing the right things. Uh, but moving on to the next question, and it has been sent in from Vinny Vincent. It has been quite active on uh, on Facebook, I've seen as well. And likewise with Brad Prest as well. Thanks for getting involved. Always like, um, you know, seeing activity with comments and, and whatnot, and even commenting on other people's questions as well, which he has done so. So um, great work by all counts there. So Vinny Vincent asks, how was Dean Rampey shooting the lights out in the first two rounds, then down, a, down to a mid-price score? Is he still worth the punt as a pod? Well, first and foremost, no, no, no. Do not even look at him. So you'd have noticed that we deliberately didn't mention him in the opening two episodes in terms of a trading option as we knew he was a trap. You know, We didn't really want people even entertaining him. We only talk about relevant players uh, on any given week. Otherwise, the, this episode from week to week would probably go for about four hours. Um, <laughs> but the reason is like guys like him performing well and then turning to shit is the fact that he hasn't historically produced those scores on a consistent basis across his career in that exact same role he has had at the Swans, which is a strong indication his first two scores were merely an outlier and he would be unlikely to produce those scores again. I would suggest those high scores came off the back of favorable matchups against Gold Coast and the Hawks, if anything, but nothing more. Another Just example quickly... Sorry, just to quickly jump in there, I'd even say it was only one good score. It was 150 and then an 82. So mm. the 82, you could argue, was probably just a mid-price score anyway. 67, another mid-price score. Yeah. Um, and just on that, I think it was back, you had to go back to like 2019 or something before to find his last ton. So mm. I think that says says a bit there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he like he averaged... 2019, his highest average across his career in any one season is 97. Um, then he went 91, 2020, down to 78, down to 57.5. So he's playing didn't, more of a lockdown role and, yeah. Yeah, just, didn't turn up in 2020. Last turned up in round 19 of 2021. Yep. So, yeah, like when you have yeah. to look that far back for a good score. 
Yeah, Dane Dane is not the man. I guess another classic example is um, is Cox from Frio, mm. um, Brennan Cox. So he has never averaged higher than 80 in his career, yet scored 154 and 131 in his first two games. And then as expected, he's recre- regressed back to the mean, as we call it, um, from a statistical standpoint, with a score of 35. So mm. he was never going to sustain that high scoring. First and foremost, it's pretty obvious. But in terms of having trouble to score beyond a ton across the course of a season... I don't think he's done that at all. Maybe, maybe once, maybe twice at a guess. Um, but there is no way that that was going to be sustainable. He's got the exact same role. Um, he's another year older. There's no reason for him to break out. I think he's been in the system for about eight years thereabouts. Um, so no indications there. And I guess stemming from that, the only time where it does differ when someone, you know, you look at their historical scoring and they haven't broken out or they haven't scored well enough. And then all of a sudden they start smashing out scores like an LDU or a, or a Will Day or someone else. It's because they're breaking out in their mm-hmm. role um, or it's because an established player has been traded to a new club, getting more opportunities in a new role, has an uptick in CBAs. Um, there's actually a tweet that we found over the preseason that we mentioned, Liam. I can't recall. It might have been, was it Jake? Who's the, the stats man on Twitter? Yeah, might have mentioned yeah. something. It might have been no, and actually, it wasn't him. It was another guy. I can't recall his names. Apologies if he's tuning in, but we'll try and track that down because there was a number of factors that kind of fed into yes, I guess yeah. the archetype of what 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 are the type of players to break out and elevate their averages, and it comes down to like age bracket, comes down to role, comes down to being in a new team, comes down to increase CBAs. Those are basically just summarizing what are some of the things to to I guess classify that sort of player. Um, but Brennan, Co- Brennan Cox of Frio and Dane Rampey do not fit that bill. Um, whereas it's guys like LDU definitely do, Tom Green do, yeah. um, guys of that type. So kind of makes more sense. But yeah, we touched on it briefly, as I said, across the preseason, but it's probably something to keep in mind going forth as well. Um, we might try and track down that, uh, that tweet and maybe get into a little bit more um, mm. next week because there are guys still on the horizon there, like LDU coming back. Some people still have question marks over him. They're not of the belief that he's going to be, a, you know, a breakout contender. Uh, Will Day started the well, start, started the season well, um, but again, we'll look at those guys maybe and maybe match them up to, you know, I guess this um, classification of yeah. you know, whether or not they fit the bill of a breakout option. But in short, no, do not go for Dane Dane Rampy. <laughs> Yes, yes, very, very good point there, Damon. Uh, now, I think that's it. That wraps us up for I Got Some Know. Mm. Um, but before we uh, wrap things up for the app, let's uh, run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round three. So our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader for the second consecutive week is Puzzles, uh, is the team name, I think, with their from Shia. Uh, Shia Butter. Their score is... She with the team name. <laughs> I'll stop. Okay, sorry. Their score is 2,282 and their overall ranking Ooh. is 28. Pretty good. Pretty good. Wow. Very nice. Well done. Loving well that. done, Shea. That's very or good. Shay. Shay, maybe. Yeah, it could be Shay. Yeah. Point. Yeah, like Shay McNamara. Yeah. Excellent. And for our Patreon exclusive group, mm. so only open to those who are Patreon subscribers, the leader is... Team name, Prostitutes FC, score of 2,235 and an overall ranking of 9,940th. Now, Damon, do you want to run through our Supercoach cash? Though? 
Yes, so in terms of our Patreon-exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, the results look like this with Popper Ball having their first win, uh, putting that mm. on the board, trouncing the sharpshooters by a whopping 163 points. Oof. Ton 618, uh, which is, of course, Emper, one of our good supporters also, was ousted by Carps. These are all good supporters, obviously. Uh, was ousted by Carps Crushers by 41 points. DJ Trade a lot, aka me, overcame a challenge from uh, the Tankers, uh, which is uh, our collective father-in-law, uh, yeah. and Peter, to win by 36. So apologies there, Pete. And uh, rounding out, we have Black on White, who continued his winning ways with a 33-point win over your mob in Church of Parish. And that brings us, uh, just in terms of the ladder, so Black on White is on top. Two wins straight, uh, Carps Crushers um, behind him on, uh, I guess, points scored four because we're not doing our percentage this time around. We have activated the overall points. So um, that rounds out the top two. And the in third spot, we have Popper Ball FC and then Tun618 in fourth spot on that point scored four. And that brings us, Slim, to the end of the show. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and sub, sub, subscribe. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, you can find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, David at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and the recently banned from government TikTok. Um, Albanese has recently banned it. For wow. The government. government I don't know, officials, I guess. Uh, so luckily we're not government officials because we could uh, still yeah. see it on TikTok, but just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. We're not just about, you know, we're going to give you some, you know, some political news as well. Just yeah. round it out. Not just Supercoach, like but you know bit. everything. Yeah, I get a bit worried. I thought, oh, no, TikTok's getting banned completely. I wouldn't really no. care less. But no. Ash, my wife, would be probably in the corner, <laughs> rocking back and forth because she is addicted, even though she uh, she admits or she just denies that she is. And that's <laughs> just a classic case of someone that's addicted. Anyway, um, we are trying to obviously boost our subscriber numbers on YouTube and hit the 1K mark by the end of the season. We've set that goal. So if you can support us, that would obviously be ultra amazing so if you are listening to us on the podcast if you can jump across the youtube check out the visual gags um which we're not going to mention uh audibly yep exactly see we just did a couple of visual gags right there jump across you'll check those <laughs> out um and you subscribe and you get notifications when we whack up new content bonus content like we did uh with our collaboration with Supercoach masters on the weekend which is of course was only YouTube exclusive. Uh, we probably should have mentioned that um, in the episode prior, but if you haven't caught that, jump onto YouTube, check out our collaboration with the Supercoach Masters, and we collabed as well with them on their channel. So always good fun. And we'll be uh, doing a couple of collaborations coming up in the weeks to come as well with a couple of other content creators. Uh, so look out for that. But that's it for another episode. So thanks as always for tuning in. All the very best for the round ahead. And... We'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.